we texted each other. We knew it. Fighting is easier from outside the cage for round Holly home. Raph, I texted you. I was like, you know what? I got to watch this. And you said, I wouldn't. I don't think it's going to end well, which means it's time for verbal tap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, the fortune teller, the mm. oracle, the how'd you know, Raph Esparza. How you doing? Very well. And I knew you were going to ask me that. Well, I did not see the fights this time because I was at one of the world's greatest weddings. Had a parade. Chili paneer, which is spectacular. And I went off a swing into a pond because our friend Shivali just now lives at a resort, basically, full time. And her husband is... uh, He's handy, Raph. Like, he can do things that I don't know where you lie on the how helpful are you. Not good. In the wood shop. But he was like, do you know what that is? I was like, I do not. It looks big. And, uh, <laughs> and so he was explaining some machines to me. It was just like, I would, I think, definitely lose a digit if I came anywhere near here. So... Um, pretty cool, and that's where our big uh, zombie apocalypse plan now heads back to. Wedding was amazing. Couldn't say enough about it. So good to see people. Saw Joel. Oh, that's awesome. Texas speech team. A lot of them, obviously. Some of that DC comedy crew, and Shivali herself, who looked just like royalty, basically. Yeah, you sent me a couple of the photos. That looked amazing, and uh, I can understand where you fall on the I'm not handy sort of spectrum because whenever things like that happen and people are very, oh, I can build this with my hands, I go, no, call someone. Nope, I I don't do that sort of stuff. And they're like, well, what do you do when you need to fix this or this? I go, I find people who are good at that because I don't think I'm good at it. And then all of a sudden when I start doing anything technology-based, they're like, oh, look at Tony Stark over here. And I go, "Uh, sure. (laughs) Yes, I just showed you how to put a Roku on your TV. So that's my version of, I guess, woodworking. Well, you can know. run a TV show out of your... I, well, Rap, okay, <laughs> actually, you're hitting on a really funny conversation. Vicky and I were having... We were like, how'd you get that rope swing all the way up there? And Brad's like, you know, I have a friend who's an arborist. And uh, he went up and I was like, I don't have a single friend <laughs> who's helpful at all. And... uh we were talking about this with two people from DC, you know, brilliant, brilliant minds in journalism and mm. law. And it's like, you know, if I was ever in a PR crisis, which I'm not, I have 50 friends <laughs> I could call from speech writing to message to delivery to I could genuinely get out a real press conference and a Diane Sawyer like thing. That's where you come in, Danny. <laughs> I have no one that can come climb this tree for me and take down branches or very helpful. So it was uh, a funny conversation on the on the night. Cut to me at the bottom of the tree on the ground going, does the tree need to be interviewed? Is the tree available <laughs> for a little post cap? Looks like you really got chopped up out there. I could play a video game and we could record that with the tree and that could be extra bonus content. No, no, no. OK, well, you it was your shot. We could have broken down a fight together, but whatever. I was trying. <laughs> it uh well, let's get to what were you up to this weekend? 
You missed the fights? Uh, yeah. Good well, for oh, you, by the way. This is bullshit. The UFC does this to us just to make us feel bad. They're like, can you watch every can you watch every Saturday for nine hours? <laughs> I was on a flight back from uh, we will Illinois. Not do it on a Thursday <laughs> when you don't have shit to do. It's not no. happening. Uh, flew back from Illinois and I got Wi-Fi so that I could try to keep up to date with the guys who were competing at a PKB, which is the pro kickboxing event. Uh, actually, no, it's amateur. Sorry. Sorry. I said pro. Yeah. Um, but it's a kickboxing event where people just go to get some, you know, extra good. It's like hard sparring rounds essentially. And, uh, I wanted to see how our guys were doing. Well, jokes on me because the guy who said he was going to live stream them didn't. So cut to me yelling in a plane that by the way, was very late. But just sitting there and going, dude, I want to see these fights. Meanwhile, another fight night was happening. Uh, a local organization called Up Next Fighting that I would have normally tried to go to. But Illinois, uh, they had their premier event in uh, in our region over here. I think it was in Burbank or Commerce. I'm not sure which one they were at. might have been Burbank. But either way. Did you say Up Next or Up Dog Fighting? Up next, up dog is probably a much smarter investment. You should enjoy this because the guy, one of the guys who runs uh, like uh, a lot of the stuff behind the scenes, who I usually go through for a media credential, there was a photo of him with the championship belt, uh, the up next belt. And I said, Yo, you defending that? Because I want in next. And he's a pretty good like Taekwondo guy. I've been inviting him to come train and roll with us. And the, the timing's just never worked out. And he's like, oh, I'll take you up on that. And I was like, oh, Jesus, this is hilarious. Meanwhile, cut to the people behind that organization going like, co-main event? And I go, first of all, how hard up are you guys that I would make co-main event? I don't even think I'm prelims, if I'm being honest. Him, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, what is it? Uh, the guy came back and said, Raf can choose the weight. I was like, ooh, that was a bad choice because if I have I like the that. ability to never cut weight, I'll actually gain weight. So I'm going to go two weight classes up. Um, but they're very good. I One of my homies, we had a lot of our friends win. We had Albert Morales won. Terry on Ware, who made a return back to fighting, he won. Yeah. yeah. So oddly... Those two guys are going to fight for the title. They both won their eliminators. So you have former teammates who are going to be fighting each other for a title. You also had uh, Marco Spinia, who's a friend of the show, and a whole bunch of amateurs, including one of my friends who I work with, who took a fight on 24 hours notice. And uh, definitely saw that. I was uh, I was packing up, and I looked at my wife, and I go, oh. She's like, what's up? I go, uh, one of my buddies, he's fighting tomorrow. And she's like, oh, okay, that's cool. I go, no, no, as in he just took the fight now. He's fighting tomorrow. And she goes, what? And I go. That would be a cool reprisal of the Jack Bauer years where it's like <laughs> Raph Esparza prevents 24. <laughs> yeah, it got to be trying to make a flight back. Just the great. call to them being like, do you want to fucking fight? It's like, uh, who? <laughs> the end of it is just me arriving just in time to go pull guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh I'm actually in. That'd be kinda cool. A little documentary, so it's twenty four hours for a fight. So he ended up winning, so congrats to Brady. Uh very happy for him. But dude, it was uh it's hard. It's hard being on a plane when 
you want to watch stuff. And I would have used my data from the plane, the wireless, to watch the UFC event. But I knew in my head something was up. I have the gift, as they like to say. And I said, you know what? There's going to be a robbery tonight. Don't watch it. No need. And that's why when you and I talked, I was like, eh, Holly Holm, some shenanigans are going to happen. And guess what? Without even watching shenanigans. Shenanigans. The shenanigans. I mean, I love it. There's nothing more than I. So, uh, yeah, we were obviously both busy. Sorry. There's nothing more I love than a long, depressed Jackson Wink post, which is basically like, I'm sorry to you, champ. Right. It's always, it always starts, zooms in. You were the person that wrote. It's really actually very good writing. So I don't mean to make fun of it because that's exactly how I would do it if I was trying to write like the coach's I'm upset thing. And it triggered the larger discussion of the Daniel Cormier and it triggered the larger discussion and it triggered another larger discussion, except Rafa didn't trigger any larger discussions. It's not mm. that unlike mm. our last spot in the empty symbolism of our losses to the gun lobby. This is another moment where how many times have we talked about how shitty the refs are? And every time we talk about it, I have that moment where I'm like, yeah, but isn't that just part of the game? Mm. Isn't this just a thing we're doing now? And it did take, uh, I like Daniel Correa being like, either the refs have a problem or we don't know what we're seeing. And I was like, if it was anyone else, I'd get what you were saying. But that's where I'd like to see Dominic Cruz pop up on his shoulder and be like, he doesn't get what you're seeing. So it is actually him in this case. But how do you feel when you hear the ref criticism? Because I'm just, what's their goal? Are they trying to get, what are they trying to do? I think they're just trying to create discussion. Uh, Laura Sanko and DC apparently had a big discussion on what does any kind of wrestling mean if you don't control the person and they get back up. And that was just an extra vehicle to talk for a little bit. And I was like, Laura, I'm not mad at you at all. You are good at what you do. Uh, dragging DC into it. She was like, tomorrow I'm going to, go on air with DC, I think on ESPN or something. And we're going to, we're going to hash out this whole uh, discussion (laughs) of uh, wrestling control and what that means. And 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 then after that, LeBron or MJ, I'm sorry, wait, which sport? (laughs) What was I doing? And I just thought to myself, I go, Laura, I've always got your back, but that was the quickest way to get me to go. "Eh, I'm not interested. And then they put up polls to say, let's say hypothetical person a has two takedowns. But hypothetical person B has – and I go, I'm sorry. I'm not doing any kind of long division here. Please let me know. Do I carry the one? I I just trust – I believe whatever you say. There you go. Done. So that was that was one thing. But in terms of the refs, yeah, it's, it's going to be a discussion point. And I think – you know how sometimes when you know you're stuck at a certain place and you got to make the best of it? Maybe they were all a little tired. Because we're doing a few of these in a row and we're not getting breaks. And yeah, at the end of a Holly Holm thing, they might even have the argumentation that maybe nobody won that one. And we've had a couple of those recently. So I think they start to think, uh, what's a trend? Is that a trend? Let's talk about it. Whereas you and I just go, yeah, some weird shit happened this weekend. Did you guys see it? Are you feeling a certain way about it? Because I was so tempted to watch it. But when a lot of people tell you, even when you get home on that Sunday or Monday, you have a few moments and maybe you're 
doing some dishes or something around the house where you could just put it on. I had a moment, Kevin, where I thought a lot of people told me this was kind of boring. Am I willingly going to say, no, UFC, here's 30 of my minutes to prove, yes, that was boring. And I just, I couldn't make myself do it for this one. I don't know why. I've done it before. I've been very, very good to this podcast in terms of watching some shit that I don't need to. But you know what? One, better call Saul this week. I was like, shit, I really want to watch that. <laughs> this is, we're going to get bored. I mean, I've been uh, checked out since I think we last did the pod, but mm. how unfettered a review are we going to get of the new Ultimate Fighter from you? I don't know. I don't know, Kev. Are you ready? Like, are okay. you? have you processed? You don't have to be. This is a live podcast where if we get to 15, 20 minutes and the audience is like, Rash's not ready. They get it. <laughs> Can I talk to you about the ultimate grappler? Yes. The ultimate grappler for, cause I'm, uh, but I'm very close to about to just crush Mm. the whole tough situation. We should. And I think that's the only way to do it. I don't know who I was talking to, but I said something very similar where I go, nah, I want them all in the can. I don't, mm -mm. I don't want to sit there and waste my time. ESPN done. Let's watch it all the way through. Uh, the ultimate grappler, Kevin. All right. So Flow Grappling just liked one of my status updates. Someone died from exhaustion at minute 297. <laughs> Flow Grappling just uh, liked one of my statuses that said I'm going to live tweet it. Didn't tag him on this one. So they're aware I said some stuff. Who knows if they enjoyed anything further than that. But <sighs> Kev, episode three is rough. It's about 53 minutes. If you watch this one, and again, we haven't covered if you will. If you watch this one, it will trigger the part of your brain that says, why is this 53 minutes? Why is this not 30? Because my producer brain had a lot of that during that time. You know, it's the first time, and they don't do this on the UFC. Maybe they should. I don't know. But it's the first time I've ever said, you can performance highlight the mini challenge for me. Just literally show me the one good moment with Andrew Tackett. I'm good. I don't need the rest of this. Because it's, um, there's a lot of filler in this one. And I'm not talking the production filler where they say things like, oh man, this thing, this challenge was crazy. I don't even know that they wanted us to live. One of the characters by the name of Big Dan, who is 6'7", thus Big Dan, and he trains with Danaher. He's a blue belt, but he's quite good. Uh, He was matched up against Andrew Tackett. And guess what? They already ruined the results because the fighters, a.k.a. the grapplers, they already put up the result in two minutes after it aired. So there is no embargo. There is no order to them like, hey, maybe don't give out the result. I already knew what happened at midnight 02. So that was weird. And I don't mind that. I can watch it and I don't care for spoilers. Do but- you know how pissed I'd be if Jessica Beale had been waiting on like episode <laughs> one of Candy? 
Well, I'm just like, can't get to it yet, but I know it just doesn't look right. <laughs> and I see that she's just like, I. this is the whole plot. I'm sorry. I didn't know what else to do. Here you she go. She just winks at you and goes, <laughs> I'll tell you the whole thing right now. You took an axe to my viewing pleasure. This is tough for me. It's bizarre when that happens, but also, you know, of course it would happen in grappling yeah. stuff. We're not going to be able to hold that stuff in. So anyway, this is... They signed an NDA. It's like, what What were the last two letters of that? Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. It's kind of hard to put this into words. I'm rooting for this show. It's it's a lot to take in. I really kind of wish they had gone just straight into the match, but they did do some nice things with Tackett and his backstory. Big Dan's backstory, that's fine. That's normal. Um I don't know how to explain it, but like they're taking the conventions of tough. And sometimes you look at it and you go, yeah, I do without this part a lot. Um, But one thing I will tell you is Big Dan is so monotone that all of his talking heads sound like he's being held hostage. And that he's being forced to read something. So when he was talking about the experience that the Danaher death squad had in Puerto Rico, he states, uh, the Puerto Rico experience was a positive one. I know there was some drama and I want everyone to know that I'm fine. And these words are mine and mine alone. I thought, dude, if this guy ends up winning, there's going to be no excitement. Yay. I did very well in this. I am very excited. And I go, oh, my God. Stoicism does not work for fucking TV. <laughs> nope. So anyway, um, but guess what? More than makes up for it with Andrew Tackett, who I'm really happy for. This kid is he's a rabble rouser. He's super likable. He's paired up with Craig Jones. So there is some hijinks involved. But, uh, yeah, again, this was a, a deep, deep down. Hopefully next week there is a return because guess what, Kevin? What if I were to tell you a special guest makes an appearance next week? Do you want to know who it is? Who? It's Tim Kennedy. Oh, no. I, okay. I'm <laughs> like... Yes, former guest of the show, Tim Kennedy. And, of course, that's going to factor into their mini-challenge they have to do. And what do you think he's going to make them do? Um, Fight 18-year-olds with AR-15s? Does he (laughs) believe so strongly they should be able to? Close. They have to do an obstacle course where they are sheeps or sheepdogs or whatever you want to call it, whatever. Sure, 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 sure. Sheep, yeah, sheepdogs. I mean, if it was sheep, sorry, that was a uh, different. It's just always great whenever they come up with these animal metaphors and they're like, I'm really, you know, I'm a sheep dog in this world. You go, whatever you say, are you a lion? Yeah. Are you a tiger? Whatever animal you are today. You're a shark today. Oh, okay. This is not unlike when my class is like, you're either a snake killer or a snake watcher. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what's which one? Uh, I think you'll entertain this because like, isn't it? What did the snake do to me? Like, I'd rather be a snake watcher. And they were like, no, 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 you want to be a snake killer. I was like, why? Sounds a little murderous. No reason. <laughs> like, was it a, is it a garden snake? It's just like, hey, I'm going to keep mice out. Then 
I'm kind of a terrorist, aren't I? Sorry. I'm sending you a photo on the Facebook Messenger because it's the first time I really question is Danaher trying to clone Gordon? Because I feel like this is the first shred of evidence that we have for it. Uh, or he already did, and that's what's wrong with him. <laughs> if you saw the documentary Multiplicity, I'll check. I don't remember <laughs> if it was a documentary. But Michael Keaton called this out. He said, you clone yourself. Some are going to come out <laughs> with problems. So I'll come back. If you guys want to see some of the notes that I did, it's on the Grappling Hour Twitter. I, I watch it, and I just live tweet, and I make fun of people. And I guess Flo is kind of watching it. So, uh, I, But I do try to give some constructive criticism. I do. I do some jokes as well. And again, I am rooting for it. There is one super positive thing from it, which is, yes, we are seeing grapplers get their day in the sun. And above all, I think that's actually really good. So that's part of the reason why we're rooting for it. But – you know, when the mini challenge this week, Kevin, was to try to bulldog choke a bull, I think to myself, this doesn't speak to me. It might speak to somebody else, and maybe that's the point. And you know what? Kudos to them. The segment <laughs> went five minutes too long, if I'm being honest. Just yeah. saying. I, I could relate. There are so many media outlets telling us that we are to care greatly that Khabib wants to fight Charles Oliveira. So I just, I guess that's fact now, Raph. Do we have to? No, I believe they have gotten together and informed us that we do. So one of my students, when I was going over a technique and I said, Hey guys, you know, if you really want to be the MMA goat of all time and it's who and everybody looked at me and they didn't want to say it because they knew who I was going to say. I was like, you guys don't have a favorite. And they're kind of like, we, we do, sir. And I go, are you going to say Khabib? All slowly nodding their heads. I was like, because you would be wrong. It's GSP. GSP over Khabib all day, every night. They're like, but. GSP never lost. I was like, well, GSP didn't have it, had his resume with so many bum fighters at the beginning. He was too busy making his bones the hard way. <laughs> also, it's like GSP is to the point now where like he doesn't care about this conversation. You guys could have it. He's off enjoying everything and still being ridiculously fit for no reason. Uh, unfortunately, I beat the shit out of those kids who said Khabib. But I was like, where's your Khabib now? Is he here to save you? He's not here to save you, and I'm not as good of a grappler. But, Kevin, uh, yeah, this thing keeps getting brought up. The one thing I thought I heard Khabib say was, leave me alone, and I was kind of with him on that. But I think he's going to do it to probably keep those clickbait headlines and him in the news, which does good numbers for his growing uh, MMA organization. So I think he probably just figures it's part of the deal. So. That's the problem. When you retire a little bit early, even when you retire late, people still try and do this bullshit. But when you retire a little early, when you were arguably maybe not even at your peak or just really hitting your stride and maybe only defended the title a couple times, um, yeah, people are going to have questions. They're going to say things. They're going to think, like, what would Khabib do in this situation? Well, I think he would win. We don't know. He's retired. Next story. We're... <laughs> Next story is exactly where you will find us, because that'll do it for us. Uh, quick oh, triple header for you, though, real quick. Hit me. 
All right, number one, guess who I talked to on Grappling Hour this week? Uh, Gary Tonin about why he's so bad at jiu-jitsu. No, I got to give him an embargo, dude. I can't. I can't talk to him for a bit. I did text him a message that I didn't get a response back. And, hmm. Hey, honestly, I know it's probably not like he won't love it, but I kind of did because it was pretty (laughs) awesome. Like, he's fighting, right? It's, It's I see him as invincible. Seeing someone beat him is cool. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it does good news for us for ADCC. I'll explain why. Number one, yeah, Gary, a lot of people were saying he looked really cocky and maybe that's what he did him in. And I thought to myself, I mean, Gary always rolls like a goon, like to make it exciting. That's just his style. You just can't do that with a Tasmanian devil known as a Rotulo brother. So, no, it's not going to work this time. But maybe it's going to make him more focused, number two, for ADCC because Gary usually comes back with fire after a major loss like that. And three, that does good business for all of us. So a motivated Gary can only result in a more aggressive and angry MMA fighter. Now, granted, you got to put through some of his fucking status updates to get through all that. But here's what I'm telling you. Opposite of Gary Tonin. One, Drew Dober. It was good to check in with him. Ask me if he was wearing a shirt. I'm not going to ask you that. I'm only going to ask you, was he embracing the sweet lifestyle that comes with Greek goddess abs and adorning <laughs> the most natural of shirts, his skin? Yep, that, that was it. But I want to tell you guys, I should have pressed record from the minute he appeared on the screen because he did this bullshit when we started the interview of, oh, I can't find a shirt. And he was pretending to look in his car. Like there's one around him and he just can't seem to find it. And I go, you don't have to do that. We both know it's some bullshit. We both know that you clearly didn't come in with a shirt. He goes, no, I was just training. And I go, and were you wearing a shirt there? And he goes, uh, no. mm." And I go, so where did this magic shirt go? What am I, a kid whose mom dropped him off at the (laughs) pool? Like, what are you talking about? So it was good to catch up with him, but there's a couple segments. There was one in particular that I was like, man, I really actually wish Kevin was here for this uh, conversation. But there was one moment where he kind of espoused the struggles of actually being a model. Sure. And it's tough. Isn't that pretty? <laughs> it was just really weird to hear him say out loud. <laughs> All I know is just to be objectified by my family because his wife takes pictures. She's a great photographer. So that's why all those great shots of him, they're hers. So that's why he has a billion of them is because she could apparently make magic happen from an iPhone. But the second person who did it to him was his mom, apparently, when he was a kid who put him in a whole set of classes because she said, you're going to be on TV one day. You just are. I don't know what it's going to be. And she was right. He ended up becoming a fighter who fights on television. So when he's telling me all this, he's like, I've only known to be objectified from an early age. And I swear to God, it's one of the few times during the show I almost wanted to go, are you okay? Do you need do you need help? Is this a cry for help that I'm just laughing at? Am I also the only one that wants to go in front of his mom, uh, Roman emperor style, and wait for the thumbs up, thumbs down? It's like, do I have it? And she's just like, <laughs> you don't. It's like, well, this is helpful. Now I know. Right? So I can move on. Or she's like, yeah, it's like, yes, because that's hard to predict. But so that's one. Number two, uh, we did another interbrew with uh, another Kevin. This is 
uh, Milton's Kevin, Gross. the one that fights. I know. I'm sorry, dude. But he uh, he was good. We got to talk about a plethora of things. But I asked him a question that I'm going to ask you because I thought I, I gave him one last question. We, we exchanged five and five. And the one that I gave him, he looked at me and he goes, this is a really, really good one. So I'm going to ask you this before we transition to the final close, which is if you were to compare my, as in Raph's, BJJ game to a car, what car would it be? Any Toyota pickup made in the (laughs) 90s. Because you're not going to hurt it. But it also, you are going to be able to keep up with it. It's good. I'm going to be really honest with you. He didn't say that. And you have to watch the interview. You can go see that at high.page backslash grappling hour. But if you <laughs> saw the look on my face when he said his and I go, oh, I thought I was going to get like a Toyota or a Honda. <laughs> Honestly, like not super showy, but it gets you to where you need to be. And he's like, no, I wouldn't do that to you. And I go, but I would. Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> so I want you for next week to think about your game and what yours is, because mm. the fact that he came up with the different answer for that, it kind of blew me away. And I was kind of complimented. I was like, that's really nice. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is, kids, uh, I will be working behind the scenes at Subversive 7, I think it is. Ooh. So that's going to be over at Commerce Casino on June 11th. So I'm very excited. Make sure to say hello. Um, drop in your good notes and your good vibes and all well, that other bullshit. But I'm looking very much forward to that. So if you see me, I might be busy, but grab hi, say hello. I'll remind you guys next week. And again, just to remind you guys, hi.page backslash grappling hour. We asked Drew about the opponent he respected the most. Pretty pretty good answer. I liked his answer on that one. And then Kevin and I, because we had our WWE BJJ match, we actually broke down how that match worked. And we, we do a little behind the scenes on that. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's what I got. Now, other than that, I'm, I'm clean for the week. That'll, That'll be my time. Do it for us here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Please note, the new number is...